Hey, this is Jared Oswalt, this is Porch Talk, and this is Chant Have the Dog. Take my things and take your ring And throw them out the window like you want to You want to shove all my love in my face and yell at me and say we're through Well, go on ahead and do it I've done all I can, so screw it But one last thing I should say before I go You can't have the dog Well, we're closer than you and I ever were Well, in the end it seemed I was only one to ever love her so you can cry and moan you never gave the dog your bone oh you can have the rest of my heart can't have the dog well, your lovely charm it brought me harm you made it clear that you would never stay You give the pain, you'll take the shame My dog never really liked you anyway So if you must go, then go No need to make us all a show But just so we are all on the same page you can't have the dog But we're closer than you and I ever were Well in the end it seemed I was the only one To ever love her so you can cry and moan You never gave the dog a bone Oh you can have the rest of my heart Can't have the dog So no need to make this all a show But there's one thing that you really need to know You can't have my dog Well, we're closer than you and I ever were Well, in the end it seemed I was the only one To ever love that dog so you can cry and moan you never gave the dog a bone Oh, you can have the rest of my heart Can't have the dog You can't have the dog Oh, you can have the rest of my heart Can't have my dog Welcome you to Porch Talk, as Garrett just told you. This is uh, Porch Talk episode. We are in the back room of Monson and Brothers, and Garrett is preparing to play a show for us this evening. That's right. And first off, brother, I just want to tell you congratulations for this year. We're getting this year booked up. It has been uh, just following you on social media, man. It's 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 been great to see you uh, not only as a songwriter but to form the band. And uh, to get that sound, and uh, I'm a I'm a big fan, man. Man, I appreciate it. 
uh i mean it's uh, my first ever tour basically so yeah. uh i mean it's first my first ever band too so i've always been a solo act and i've always just gotten shows here and there once a month twice a month but uh i mean this is this is pretty big for me honestly yeah and so man what's it feel like just i guess just doing it right the first time <laughs> well having a good band helps out a lot because when i'm doing solo shows which i still love to do i mean well, i'm about to do one yeah, here like a band oh band. man i swear it just gives me an opportunity to relax more i love my guitar player like i mean I'll just sit back sometimes and just watch this guy play, and he is just hammering like this guitar, like it's going out of style. I mean, he's a very classical country player, and it's awesome to hear that type of music. And I mean, it just gives me an opportunity to just stand back. I mean, with the solo, I'm there the entire time. When I when I have a full band behind me, it's it's so much better for me, in my opinion. That's right, and I get it too, man. It's like solo act is all the weight and all the burden is on you but that's right man especially if you got some good players behind you man yeah it's like a weight off your shoulders that's for sure that's for sure we'll get to the band and the formation of it but i want to start with you garrett oswald oswald where are you from uh eupora mississippi it's a little town maybe a thousand people at most uh i live off uh maybe 10 minutes away from Epor actually uh in a little community called center center sorry and uh man it's just me and my wife and my beautiful baby daughter and uh we're just living the high life for sure tell me a little bit about growing up man growing up i was very introverted i'm still very introverted i mean <laughs> I was pretty much sweating the whole time I was coming up here thinking about having to talk. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I was very introverted, but people seemed to like me. I mean, I, I ended up becoming high school president, so, I mean, I, they must have liked me somehow. But was never high school? Uh, you poor high you school, poor high. yeah. But uh, never sang. I mean, my papa would try to get me up on stage at church every Sunday. Never wanted to do it. I would stand there with a microphone in my hand and just freeze. Mm. And... Uh, my old youth pastor, Josh Buford, he uh, invited me on stage when I was 18 years old, and he he said, "You're gonna you're gonna sing." I mean, this is your church. You're, you're gonna sing, and I was just like, "All right." And we sang an old song called "The Lighthouse," and ever since then, I've I felt more comfortable on stage. I still am pretty introverted when it comes to talking to people, but on stage, I'm a different so story. You know, take it back for me a little bit. Like music in your life, the Oswalds, is it right? Oswalds, that's Oswalds. right. Is uh, is music? Is it a music family? Like on my mother's side, my father's side, uh, he he has an older brother, and then my mama and papa, they were just not big into music. But uh, I mean, other than like playing it on the radio and stuff. But my mother, she's a very talented piano player. Uh, Plays I'm, in church. She does. That's right, and. Uh, my grandfather, when they were still alive, my grandfather and grandmother, they all sang and used to have this big piano inside their uh, second living room, sort of. And uh, we would all just gather around, and basically they just put on a concert of the Barnetts. Right on. So, oh, yeah. I mean, like, how did music happen for you? Like, where was that first, like, interest in everyone? Because right. putting you up on stage on right. church, they knew you, they had it, that you had it. <laughs> right, I guess. I mean... 
my mother, I always sang Southern gospel growing up because that's the only thing my mother would play. It'd be French Champ on the radio. And, I mean, we just listened to Southern gospel 24-7 whenever I was riding with her. But my father, whenever I was riding with him, we didn't listen to the radio. He only had two CDs, and one was Willie Nelson, and the other one was Merle Haggard. So growing up, those two were, I mean, it. And then the older I got, Waylon Jennings became a big hero of mine on music-wise. But Merle Haggard was probably my first introduction to country music. And I was like, that's what I want to do if I... How old were you? Ten, maybe. Uh, just, just right, I mean, old enough that Dad allowed me to drive his truck, but uh, not old enough that he would allow me to drive it in the town of Ebola. <laughs> so. Right on. And so just like just from growing up and at 10 years old finding how long would it be before your family like put a guitar or like started teaching you piano? What did that look like? Whenever I was 10 years old, I was introduced to my first guitar. It was a Kona guitar. And they uh, set me up with a music class. Uh, I went to Don Pounds for about a year. And I, I was too young at the time. I was not mature enough to really think about sticking with it long term and I mean I started getting into football and things like that so I wanted to be more of the sports guy and that's what I stuck with for most of my middle school and high school was football and then I had a foot injury and I just decided not to play my senior year and one of my best friends he was already a really great guitar player at the time and um, he was playing in church all the time and I was like well I, I want to at least learn how to play rhythm guitar if I'm going to play and uh, that's when Josh invited me up on stage I sang for the first time I said I want this guy to be in my band me and him can <laughs> can rule the world basically and uh, he can be my lead guitar player and I can be the rhythm guitar player so I, I really started learning because of my buddy in high school and I stuck with it um, I I just started taking YouTube lessons, basically, and, I mean, YouTube has basically taught me everything that I know. Yeah, right on. I mean, we, we are in that self-taught. I remember uh, with the advent of the Internet was around the time that I would get into it. I right. was 15, and uh, my buddy Sid Moore okay. blew my hair back at a <laughs> talent show playing CCR, Proud Mary. Right. And I told my grandma when I got home that night, I was like, i got to play guitar. Right. Right. And, um... It was a kind of similar thing. I was huge into baseball, and it wasn't an injury. It was just like I, I had lost the love of the game. Right. And I just, give me a guitar. Was it kind of that same thing? It sort of. Uh, like I said, I grew up with Southern Gospel, and so I had favorites. And usually Southern Gospels are like Cortez and things like that. You don't really right. see the instruments up front. But there was a band or a family called the Crab Family. And uh, the lead guy that I sort of try to emulate on the southern on the gospel side of things was jason crab and man he always had a stratocaster with him and he could play the blues like it was no joke i mean just hitting all these blues notes of course they're playing southern gospel but i mean he was a very gifted guitar player so that's where i fell in love with the sound of the guitar but john mayer is where i learned like to appreciate the craft and want to really i mean John is the type of person where I don't really care that much about the lyrics that he says, but everything that he does on guitar is magic. Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, you know, a lot of there's he recently replaced Garcia, right? And, and the a dude. lot of the Deadheads didn't really like it, and right. I was like, 
would you want? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, this guy is a Who genius. Else? Right. Yeah, because I remember, uh, you know, he wrote those pop hits to make right. it. And now, like, every album that he does, it's, it's kind of like, blues. what genre yeah. is he going to do next? Right. That country album. I love that country album that he oh, did. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. And so, like, I remember the first time I heard Gravity that. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. And I was man, like, yeah. making that guitar sing. Oh, yeah. Well, he did, uh, when Netflix first was doing the DVD sales and stuff, uh, my family got really big into it, and they did the two-disc thing. My parents would get a disc, and I would get a disc. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I remember finding uh, John Mayer, uh, Where the Lights Are, mm-hmm. it's the live album and stuff. And, man, he, uh, he did the acoustic set the john mayer trio and then his full band and i fell in love with the john mayer trio stuff more than i did everything else just because it's him and two other guys and he's just playing the fire out of guitar and i mean i i fell in love with that so tell me a little bit about like uh you're getting out of high school you're more involved on stage right at the church with your friend right like how would that evolve into you taking it out to like the public to right. a restaurant or what, how did that happen? Well, my first restaurant show was at our little Mexican restaurant in Eupora. And, uh, of course we didn't do just Christian songs. We, I mean, we, we were like, Oh man, we can do John Mayer. And I'm over here singing John Mayer with the most country's accent as possible. And it's just like, uh, that, that sort of genre is probably not going to fit. Dude, I was rubbing some elbows earlier right? and, uh, there's been some talk. About you coming to town, right? And a couple of people, and I guess we've heard it. They related you to like a coat of wall with that deep. Man, I, I appreciate How that. How about that? That's that's awesome, man. Uh, culture and you see, that's the type of country that I'm really getting into now. Like whenever I graduated college, I was with the top 20 and stuff like I never listened to the top 20 I stuck with like the 90s and ate like that type of mainstream country and then they were like man have you ever heard of Sturgill Simpson I was just like never heard of him listen to him yeah and and Tyler Childers man yeah Turtles that's probably uh, Long White Line is probably my favorite song from him but uh yeah, Tyler Childers and mm-hmm. then Culture Wall came out and they were just like man you need to sing more Culture Walls and yeah, I was just like right Oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. I just talked about. I didn't see him love. Yeah, you, you get a chance to do it. No. it ain't nothing like it. But uh, just to go back to the uh, Mexican restaurant, right? Before. And uh, it was me, my buddy. His name's Justin Boatman, and uh, we had a cajon player. And, I mean, he was a drummer, but he, he bought his own cajon. And I mean, people just absolutely loved it. And I mean, I was just like, well, if I, I can, got something. I, I think we got something. And then. Uh, we started, so he was still a senior in high school, Justin was, and I was in college, but I was commuting back and forth. Well, his first year of college, he went to Delta State, so I never really got to see him that much. So I was just like, well, I guess I'm going to have to do this by myself now. And so for years, I mean, I was 21 at the time, 21, and now I'm 29, and this is like the first full year that I've had a band. So for seven, eight years and stuff, I've done things by myself let's talk about those seven eight years just for listeners who might want to step off into this is let's just a little bit into maybe it's self-doubt or like were there ever times to where you felt like this just ain't it were you ever discouraged oh yeah for sure and 
I, I listened to your podcast from last uh, the last podcast you just did, and uh, y'all were talking about uh, how the crowd reacts, and that's what hit me the most was I would play at certain places, and a lot of times it was at church. Church, you're going to get a reaction regardless, but whether you do good or not, <laughs> right? I mean, that's how right. I grew up, right? That's right. I mean, everybody's going. Did such a great exactly. job, honey. Exactly. Whether you did or not. Oh yeah, but then you turn that around and you go to a restaurant or a bar or any and man, they don't pay attention sometimes, and it's just like I, I put my heart and soul in this, and you're not paying attention, or if you are paying attention, it's maybe one person in the back just doing a clap, and it sort of gets at you sometimes. I mean, even now, like some of the solo shows. I mean, more of the band shows that I do, I'll get a better reaction. But even the solo shows, I'll just be like, man, I I could be doing something else. <laughs> and it, it eats at you, but it's just like, I must be doing something right if I'm getting these shows. Somebody in the crowd's listening. I, I think so, man. And just like, you know, as long as we've been friends on social media and right. following you, it's like just seeing the journey. And I was like, he's getting booked. He's getting right. booked. And it's like more and more and more. And That's more. right. Like he's doing... He's doing good, right? You know, and so it's it's such a it's such a great thing to see people in this community like doing that. Yeah. So, uh, I guess to scoot it up to the band, uh, that seven eight year. I mean, there's I'm sure there's a lot that we could cover, right? But how did you uh, find the guys that would be in your band? Well. My buddy went off to college, and I was by myself. My best friend, he is probably the most gifted musician, like, can play it all. Like, I've never seen a person pick up an instrument, never seen it before, like a banjo. Let's just say a banjo. He'll look at the banjo, pull up the strings, hit a few notes, and it's like, my gosh, you're a master of this thing. But he, he has anxiety. And it has gotten to the point where he doesn't do shows with me. And that was sort of like a breaking point for me. I was like, man, if I can't have this guy be with me, I don't know if I can do these solo shows anymore. And, I mean, I, it was just getting to the point. Well, uh, I brought up Josh Buford earlier. He used to have a band called the Josh Buford Band. And uh, there was a guitar player that started playing with them, and his name was Matt Brown. And at the time, I was running sound for the Josh Buford Band, and one day, I think I was just singing, and Matt was like, man, that's that's pretty good. Why don't you sing with us sometimes, or we'll, we'll get together. And for nine, ten years, we just never meshed up. Like, he would have a job that took him away, or I would have something completely different. And the last two years, we finally meshed our schedules together where we can play together, and that's been the best thing because, I mean, there's not a better guitar player out there than Matt Brown, in my opinion. I mean, he he is just awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't that's, say any more about that's it. That's how I feel about the, the – I'm in three bands. Two of right. them is uh, Philip and Matt Mason are a part of, and then I have another band that hasn't had a show yet. But my guitar players, right. Philip Sable and uh, Garrett. I got a Garrett myself. Yeah. Is Dave Garrett. Yeah. His last name's Garrett. Is uh, I wouldn't trade him for anybody. Oh man, 
I, that's that's the thing. If Matt came up to me and was like, "Hey, I, I'm gonna have to do something else," I'd probably cry. I'm not gonna lie. It's just one of those. I don't know what I can do, honestly. And I mean, the same thing with the other two. I mean, Cody Cox, he's our drummer. He is a young kid, but it's it's just insane the amount of talent that he has behind him and. We have our bass player, Billy Joe Fulgham, and I, I joke with him sometimes, like, we keep you around because you have the most country name out of all of us and stuff. And I said, that, that's the reason, reason reason people love us so much because yeah. we got a Billy Joe in the we band. We introduce you about two or three times, and they just love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Let me ask you this. It's like, what led to you like running sound? Honestly, just because nobody else would do it. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't know if you were like shadowing or if you were trying to. Not really. Um, it's just a spur of the moment type things. I just became friends with mm-hmm. all the members of that band. And Josh, he bought like a brand new system. And I was like, I have no idea how to run it. And he said, Well, I'll show you the first time. And he said, All you got to do is just emulate what I'm doing and stuff. And I'll, uh, I mean, you'll be a natural. And I mean, I ran sound for him for close to a year. And, I mean, it, it was a fun experience. I got to listen to a lot of good Christian music and stuff like that. I went to a lot of good churches and things like that. So. I don't. And so, just back to the band, uh, we've talked a little bit about the formation and how you found everybody. Uh, but uh, we know how we found the guitars. How did you find the drummer and the bassist? They, uh, they were a part of another band that... <laughs> They they do have another band, but they don't play as much as we do. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the beginning of this year. We had a big talk with both of them, and I knew them just because Matt knew uh, Billy Joe. And uh, they said, uh, "Well, we need a bass player." At the beginning, we were just doing two man shows, and it's it, it's still fun to do with just an electric guitar and acoustic, an acoustic guitar, but. It doesn't give you that oomph that the bass and the drums add to it. And he was like, man, I really want to have a band. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm completely fine with that. So we tried to find our uh, drummer and bass player, and he said, well, I've got this friend named Billy Joe, and he's a part of another band, but he said that they're sort of taking a hiatus right now, and uh, they have a few shows, but none of the shows are at the same dates that we have shows, so you want to try them out. We tried them out. I mean, became good friends with all of them, and it's just clicked since then right on and so like when the band formed um, you were already playing solo shows duo shows right when you began to introduce the band to these venues I mean I'm sure they were just lapping it up right (laughs) oh yeah oh for sure I mean I try to do a little bit of comedy when I introduce them and stuff like that, and I, I call Matt the man, the myth, the legend, and stuff, and yeah. he he's introverted like I am, so that just embarrasses the crap yeah, out of him. Oh yeah, and Cody, uh, he just had a brand new baby, and I said, hey, all the tip money goes to diapers, and then I'll. Uh, See, we're all married except for Billy Joe, and I'll be like, Billy Joe's the ladies' man over here and stuff. Every time There's I any single ladies. Oh yeah, any single ladies just go, go for Billy Joe for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they love every bit of it. And, I mean, having a band has opened me up more on stage. Like, I used I mean, even now, like, on a solo show, I'll sing all two hours tonight. I won't stop or put my head up to <laughs> say, how y'all doing? I might say, hey, I'm Jared Oswalt. But having a band, especially Matt, Matt's over there like, hey, say something. Say something. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sort of scared, man. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, what do I say? Yeah, I mean, this is a song called so and so. Yeah, and that's, sort, like that's right. 
What do I do with my hands type yeah, yeah, deal? So this, I know you can't see us, but it's Talladega Nights and my hands are getting tired. <laughs> so, I mean, having, having Matt and just having these more shows has opened me up a little bit more because me and Matt definitely feed off each other because me and him are the only two that have the mics and stuff. So I'll say something and he'll either react to what I said or he'll say something. I'll react to what he says. So, I mean, it makes it a lot less stressful having those three guys there with me than just being by myself. Right on. And so just, uh, and I know this, this will be dated over time, but just to give people an idea of the area that y'all are covering, like where are y'all playing this year? Mostly North Mississippi. Uh, like I said, we all have families and, a lot of these venues don't close until 12, 1, 2 o'clock and stuff. And I'm the type that I, I love to be in the bed with my wife at the end of the night regardless. So uh, that's the way I want to keep it for the time being. And uh, Amory, his Smoking Bros and Amory is a big place that we'll be hitting more in the fall. Uh, Hobie's in Startful, uh, Colum- uh, Columbus, uh, a few areas. Yeah. And... Uh, have a few shows in Eupor actually too. Uh, they're starting to do a big thing at the lake at Eupor Lake, and uh, they asked us to be their first concert, so that that felt pretty good to be honored like that. To be like, hey, we're we're wanting y'all to be the first band to try this thing out. So that's uh, that's awesome. Well, dude, uh, next Porch Fest come around, I definitely want you. Man, to yeah. and I'll give you an early slot so I can get you home. Okay. Early, but I want you to come out to Kennedy and oh, play yeah. for us. Definitely. Uh, how much have you uh, been tinkering and playing around with original songwriting? Probably since I was 21. Uh, my first ever song was my favorite song I ever wrote, and I lost it. <laughs> I, I, I know. It, I, my best friend, Andrew Watkins, right. has the same story. Yes. And what's stupid is we recorded it. Right. And we can't even find the recording, and it's gone. It's crazy. The song was called Hazel Eyes, and I'm telling you, it was a banger. Right. And, see, whenever I first started writing, uh, I I sort of had that sort of culture wall type writing style. And the more I started writing, the more, not mainstream, but I'll stick with like the 90s country type vibe to everything. That's the vibe I get on. But, uh... Whenever I first started, like Sierra, uh, I, I, I sang a song called Sierra, and it's probably the darkest song that I've ever written, and that's like the third song I ever wrote in my life. Uh, cool story, uh, second story, I mean, song I ever wrote was uh, the day after Merle Hager passed away, and I wrote a song called Outlaw in the Sky, like the day after. Right. And now that's become my favorite song, even though I lost the first one. I mean, that first one, like like you said, is, is a pretty awesome song, and it's just like I can't find it. What is your process like? Does it take an event such as like thinking about a death, or like is it? I it's, know I know it's different. Every it's time. different every time. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I find that the best songs that I write take five minutes or ten minutes. Me too. I mean, it's crazy. Like, the ones that I have to think so much about, I end up nitpicking so much afterwards. Like, man, that that was a stupid lyric. Exactly. But, I mean, if a song just pops in my head, and I'll play some tonight, uh, there's a song that I just wrote, like... Oh, you did a little Right, yeah, I know. 
just wish me luck on that. <laughs> but uh, uh, last month I wrote a song called uh, uh, The Way I Was Born and Raised. And it uh, it literally started with a lyric that said, my dad turned me on to ostrich skin boots. And I was just like, nobody says anything about ostrich skin boots and stuff. And that was the first line that I wrote down, and it's like in the second verse. So, what brand of boots is your favorite boot? Working boot is Ariat's. And uh, I don't even know what the name of these boots are, but uh, these are the only exotic boots I have. I can't even I, remember what the right, name of them. You said ostrich. I'm right. Like, this is a fan of Man. exotic dude. My coworker, he has a some shark skin. Right. And he also has alligator. Oh and man, I, I love. I can't think of that fancy boot company. Uh, the name is eluding me. Lucchese. That's exactly. Oh, man. That's, you see, I've always wanted Lucchese's because Eric Church wore Lucchese. Uh-huh. Eric, Eric Church is one of my favorite uh, artists. And I was like, man. That's a special place I, in my heart, boy. Oh, yeah. And I went on Lucchese's website and I said, I do not have the Lucchese money to pay for this. So. But one day. One day I might have the Lucchese money to pay for this. But, uh, yeah, areas have always been my favorite they're comfortable so comfortable and the, like wearing house shoes oh, wear. and the funny thing is these are the most uncomfortable boots ever i had to buy area insoles to put in there to make them comfortable so this is not a paid advertisement for area unless you want unless you want to be so. yes and uh, me and garrett will we will totally do that yeah, for sure all right brother uh to walk it out of the door i got three more questions all right if you could play any venue, where would it be? The two that come to mind, and just because we're starting out, Rich Cafe and Starful has always been a big place, only because it's always been like the gateway for country music. I think of like whenever I was in high school, Eric Church got his first. I mean, he was he came out with Carolina or whatever the second. I think Carolina's the second album. Were you there for that? I was not. I've never seen Eric Church live. <laughs> my my father-in-law has, and it makes me very jealous <laughs> that he saw him before I did. But um, I might have to put something together for us. Like, I oh, haven't yeah. seen it live either. Maybe we should go That's together. right. That's right. Maybe we should. That's right. I would like that. And uh, Rick's has been the top one because I'm like, that's that's attainable. Like I, I feel like I can get to Rich. And I've, I've talked to Rich. Absolutely. And every time I've talked to Rich, it's just like it hasn't worked out yet. So maybe 2023, I'll have too many shows at Rich and I can be like, hey, this is my dream right here. Mm-hmm. But the second one has been the Bank Tour South Arena just because I'm just like, if I, if I make it. I mean, I always want to have... I feel like there's so many bands out there that have homecoming dates and they always put their home state as the last one. I think of the Avet brothers. They always do new years at North Carolina and it's always their biggest show. I'm just like, man, if I could end every single tour at Tupelo, Mississippi, I could go home and sleep with my wife at the end of it. But, but, uh, I'm just like, man, that would, that would just end an awesome tour right there. It's just end at Bank Tour South Arena. Well, question number two led to it. What is making it? in your mind making it is doing what we're doing right now honestly i mean i never thought we would get to this point i never thought that i would post on facebook all 2022 dates are booked right that, when i saw that post dude my hands like i dropped my phone because <laughs> like, i'm i root for right people, you know? oh yeah i mean like, i'm happy for that, you. that that's very appreciative i mean just have let me tell a funny story real quick if you don't mind yeah you uh you wrote me 
a couple of months ago, and it was about the show that you wanted me to play that I was already booked it was, for. It was a birthday party, right? Yeah. You uh, you wrote me, and we could never find a time to like call each other. And you wrote me, and I, the first thing I did was I was like, I told my wife Bailey, I was like. He's wanting me to be on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, this is my moment of fame. So right here is making it to me. I mean, I mean, just a small town podcast, but it's it's big into people's eyes. Like, like I mean, you had 360-something episodes. Mm-hmm. You said people listen to you That's from uh, – it's, it's insane. I mean, people can just go on Apple, iTunes, and I'm not trying to just blood your show, but, I mean, I am trying to blood your show. Yeah. I mean – it's awesome that anybody can just listen to this conversation between me and you mm-hmm. and the fact that I'm on this show. Know you, right? right. And the fact that I'm on this show just means that I'm a little bit closer to making it. And that's awesome to me. And I mean, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on the show. I mean, you don't know how much it actually means to me for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And last question, just to walk it out of the door is, um, just tell the good folks at home, how to stay involved with you, like where can they find your tour dates, how can they follow you on social media? Right. We uh, we have our website on Linktree, and Linktree puts you to our Facebook page, our Instagram page, so you can follow us on both of those. If you don't want to go on Linktree, go on Facebook, The Garrett Oswalt Band, and then the same thing on uh, Instagram, at The Garrett Oswalt Band. And if you're feeling generous, we also have Venmo on there. So There you go. You can throw a tip. That's right. Well, Garrett, thank you so much. Man, I appreciate it, Alan. show to do. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you. We're out of here. This is Garrett Oswald again. You can follow my band on Facebook and Instagram at The Garrett Oswald Band. And this is my last song for tonight, Sierra. Sitting by myself in a barroom No company seems like company anyway One more drink or two then I'll be leaving Bartenders learn to welcome my stay As I cry Sierra to take me back She took my heart when she decided to pass Left me without a kiss goodbye Left me alone for me to question why what caused the love between us to crack? Yeah, I cried for Sierra to take me back. Begin to taste more like you Maybe I should quit 
or maybe just one more. As the bartender, he pours another brew, and I drive for the arrow to take me back. Yeah, she took my heart when she decided to pack. Left me without a kiss goodbye And left me alone for me to question why All the cause of love between us to cry Yeah, I cried for Sierra to take me back Saving grace As I cry For the arrow To take me back Yeah she took my heart When she decided to pass Left me without a kiss Goodbye And left me alone For me to question why all the calls of love between us to cry Yeah, I cried for Sierra to take me back Whoa. All the calls of love between us to cry Yeah, I cried for Sierra to take me back Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.